I've got a new video coming out. I think you'll like it. It's about dicks. Welcome to Mixtapes with Mike, the podcast where I invite a guest to make us a mixtape of 10 tracks without using the same artist twice. We're going to talk about each song, and if you like the sound of what you hear, you can listen to the mixtape in full by clicking the link in the show notes of this episode. It's that simple. So if you're the kind of person who'd like a new mixtape each Monday, you should probably subscribe to this podcast. But that's enough of the hard sell. Let's talk about music. This week's episode is the first instance of someone returning to make a second mixtape. It's also our first themed episode, which I'm pretty excited about. Our guest this week is a award-winning poet and spoken word artist who also hosts Skateboarder and a podcast that talks to skateboarders about their creative endeavours outside of skateboarding. But more than that, our guest is a friend of mine. I've known him for some seven years and he's the kind of person who will drive up from London to see you put on your first solo show at the Leicester Comedy Festival because in his words you've got to support the homies. This is Matt Lloyd. Hello, hi, that's very kind of you, that's probably the nice, you can tell you're recording this because I wouldn't get such a nice in drive if nobody was listening. No, I just call you a can. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think it uh, I think it went a bit weird when you said that then so it might be different <laughs> 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 oh man um, so how you doing man you good uh, yes I'm yeah I'm very good I mean I'm trying to stay sane in, in lockdown um, so yeah but I think yeah I think I'm holding it together just about like yourself putting out podcasts got a new video that I've been editing and then got this guy animating to put out and things like that. So I think it's just, you know, just trying to stay as active as possible to not go completely mental. Yeah. So for for the benefit of anyone who who hasn't heard of you before, um, explain everybody. Um, I'm a poet and spoken word artist. I've been doing it a really long time. Um, I suppose I got into poetry through listening to hip hop as a kid, um, hence my mixtape. Um, and I uh, basically stand in front of a crowd and uh, sort of read my poetry. But I suppose my sort of niche is. Um, I suppose in the early days, everybody thought I was going to rap because <laughs> I'm a skateboarder, so I'd always go up there with like a king town or something crazy and big baggy jeans. But um, I suppose what I like to do is kind of sucker a crowd in to listen to what to me. So so like you'll hear a poem of mine and it will seem, or a spoken word piece, and it will, it will seem like it's fun. You know, like you laugh at some of the stuff that I say. It's all real life, so none of it's made up. And then just when you're completely sort of thinking like oh this is you know this is kind of nice i you know i'll try and pull the rug from under people and then you realize that i've actually been talking about something else that's far more serious or dark or something like that you know um and and i think it's just yeah i grew up listening to hip-hop so the way that i tell stories and the way that i write is about real life um you know, uh, so it's just it's just one of them. Like I suppose blokes is one that I'm quite well known for. That um, we did a, a video for with a guy called Matt Frodsham that won a few awards, and 
won best film at the Shortcuts Film Festival and stuff. And that poem essentially is about a friend of mine that committed suicide, but but you have no idea that that's what the piece is about while I'm, I'm taking you through the verses and what happened. It's really just about how men, sort of that sort of toxic male culture of men hanging out, talking shit together, but not actually communicating. And then it's not till the end you, you know, like the last verse where you realize that I'm actually talking about, you know, losing a, losing a friend, you know, and it's, yeah, I suppose I, they're not all like that, but obviously a lot of my stuff is, you know, it's all real life and, you know, a lot of it has a message, you know, I'm not, you know, it's weird, that sounds kind of horrible because I'm not forcing the message, you know, I don't think, what's today's message? I just start writing and that's just how it yeah, comes Yeah, you know, out. whatever comes out, comes out, you know, um, yeah. and if, if there's an issue that, is on your mind and you want to speak on then you've got to do it you know it's um it's cathartic yeah no 100 percent, exactly that although i say all this my new video is just about having an average sized dick so (laughs) 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 like if your first intro to me is like oh i heard matt lloyd in the podcast and he says he does really deep stuff and then you see a three minute poem with me with animated dicks then, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> Check out some of my other stuff. <laughs> Trust me, it's good. It's good. It's good. I'm out in a couple of days, hopefully. <laughs> All right, so you, you've actually been on this podcast before. Um, mm. When I first released this podcast back in 2017, and yeah. your episode kind of dictated the way all episodes that, that came after um, were approached in terms of, like, the edit. Uh, it was so, I, we, we've known each other for years, so the conversation mm. was dead easy. And we had loads of little nice sort of digressions talking about other stuff that we were and it, it, we weaved into the edit. Um, and when I put out the this sort of call for people to contribute to this again, you said you wanted to maybe do a themed episode. So mm. what what are we going through today? Um, the, I mean, for a start, I think that you're you're an old school hip hop head too, so I think that 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 kind of works because we're both kind of on that same kind of you know we're talking hip hop, and it's not like you know you're talking to me as somebody who knows nothing about hip hop, and I'm talking to you as somebody who knows nothing about you know like we've both kind of got that understanding of hip hop, so yeah. that definitely helps. And this this episode, um, when you were looking for people to contribute, I was like, why don't we do like a lyricist episode, one that is focused just on real MCs, real lyricists within hip hop right now. Um, and it's it's not necessarily a top 10, but it is because I suppose I thought of the, the people that I believe are, or the people that to me are the top 10 greatest MCs, but of course I left loads of people out. There's loads of people that should be in there, but- It's only 10 tracks. Yeah, ten tracks, man. So what can you do? So that's, yeah. that's the thing that that's that's the thing that makes it hard. Like everyone who agrees to do this, like, oh yeah, that sounds ace. Yeah, I'll file that together in no time. And every time they actually send me the list, they're like, dude, yeah. this was so hard. Oh god, yeah, god, yeah, dude, yeah. All right, and so, I, and you know, I love Ice T, right? Yeah, but he's not on this list. You know, I love Ice T, but he's not on this list. Like, one of my favorite movies is The Running Man. Is The Running Man one of the top 10 greatest movies ever made? No, but it's still one of my favorite movies of all time. So, you know. But to, to be fair, in your original episode, you did get Ice-T in twice, circumventing the same artist 
rule by... <laughs> I forgot about that rule, you know, when you mentioned by, it before. By, by putting in uh, his metal band body count, technically a different, yes. different act. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. No I see in this list. All right, so who's our first track by? Uh, so the first track is by KRS-One. Um, I think KRS-One, I mean, come on. Like, the, you know, the teacher, like he is the original bad boy. I actually think that nowadays he is um, not given enough respect of, of, of what is due. I mean, he, I originally got into KRS-One through BDP's Edutainment album back in 1990 when my dad, I used to live in Germany and my dad used to take me shopping at the American PX, which was like the American version of the NAFI. And the NAFI is like, the, like a test goes on an army camp. So like, if you live anywhere and there's a NAFI, you go to the NAFI and buy your English stuff. But the the American PX used to have hip hop tapes by the um, by where you pay. Uh, my brain's not working. Uh, and basically I picked up a copy of BDP Edutainment um, and dad bought it for me. And that was my first exposure to KRS-One. And what I like about KRS-One is I mean, the guy's been around for decades, but can still put out amazing, uh, you know, amazing, amazing albums, amazing tracks. He's still got the lyrical dexterity of a young man. And I also, you know, and I think there's probably, you know, I'm not, I don't know how many rappers out there would really want to go go against KRS-One because I think the whole of old school hip hop would come after you. Like, I mean, um, KRS-One, he had an album out in 2012 called the BDP album. And it's got a track on it called Introducing and like, oh my God, it's like mind blowing. Like the, just for me, how on earth he just keeps putting stuff out. He's got an album that dropped this year. I can't remember the name of it now, but I, you know, I bought that and he just seems to have a level. Like, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, for me that he is the greatest lyricist ever, but I don't know actually, you know, like he has a level that he reached and he's not dropped from that. He's still there. He's still putting out really good caliber hip hop, boom bap era style hip hop. I think part of it comes down to like if you maintain a standard and you don't mm. and you don't sort of rest on your laurels because you've made it and you're an established act, um, then I think I think maybe a guy like that who's maybe a little bit more cerebral than some hip hop guys are, um, they, they need that challenge to try and sort of push the bar. Otherwise, why bother doing it? Like my, my first experience of Keras One was like, I, I like rap music when I was like a kid, but didn't really know what real rap was. Like we, yeah, yeah. we, we couldn't afford like MTV. So it wasn't like I was getting access to anything. And then one Christmas I got like a VHS tape, tape called um, Wrap It Up and there was a BDP track called You Must Learn on it. Ah, oh, you must learn and, that one. <laughs> I, like, my experience of hip hop up until that point was like the Fresh Prince, which is great, really entertaining, really fun to listen to, but like KRS-One is so far away from that because he, yeah, yeah. he was imparting like knowledge. Knowledge, um, dude. Yeah. 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 Um, I think Dude, and that's what I like about the track that I picked for this is, um, yeah, I mean, it's called False Pride and it was it was just, it's an acapella track 
on a on a hip hop album. You know, there's not many of them. Like, there's not many of them out there, and I think it's just a perfect like example of him bestowing a lesson. And it sounds so sick. Like, it's one of the things I listen to, and I'm like, wow, I I wish I I wish I'd wrote this. Like, this is so good. So this is the song is called False Pride, and it's from the album Sneak Attack. Now listen to this. A mystical teacher sat by the seaside. It was about five o'clock because we heard the free ride. Anyway, the teacher was talking in stride, sitting upon a rock that was wide, warning against false pride. Come to where I reside, a woman cried, and the teacher replied, do you serve your fish fried? Yes, she replied, with potato salad on the side, and the teacher replied, well, where do you reside? She said, up on the hillside, it's not a far ride. If you came to have dinner, I would be so gratified. The teacher replied, it's six o'clock, seven o'clock, you decide. She replied, seven o'clock, do you like stir fried? She was mystified and felt so dignified, the teacher was coming to the house where she resides. So she purified with pesticides, called her friends up nationwide. Some of her friends were tongue-tied, they felt so glorified. All right, so moving on from KRS-One, who's up next? Um, uh, the next artist is called Aesop or ASAP Rock. Um, not Aesop Rocky, ASAP Rock. Um, and this guy's verbal and lyrical dexterity is off the charts i got into i got into him because a friend of mine put me onto atmosphere a friend of mine called big chris and um, i'd never heard atmosphere before in my life and this was maybe 10 10 15 years ago um you remember the album by atmosphere when life gives you lemons was it called something like that uh, um, i'm not sure and then somehow i ended up listening to asap rock and there's there is nothing like ASAP Rock out there. Nobody raps like ASAP Rock. Like I can't think of anybody who raps like ASAP Rock. There was a guy, there's a famous study some guy did that I always talk about and I can never remember, which is he looked at the amount of words that every rapper uses and sort of put them together in a chart to say which rapper had the best sort of grasp of the English language almost. And he had to take ASAP Rock off because his his like verbal dexterity was just too much. Like he was too good. He had, you know, it was so big that he was so far off the chart. He was too far away from all the other rappers. And what I like about this tune is it's got really minimal music in the background. It's really atmospheric. You can imagine him from my point of view, I imagine him stood in front of a crowd of people, like maybe at a poetry slam or something. And he's been given five minutes and he spends two minutes of them just stood in front of the mic and then he explodes and it's this story that he tells you know like and it paints it like really does paint pictures in your brain and just the way that it it i mean it's almost for me i listen to every time i listen to this track i listen to it three or four times in a row because it's almost it's so good you want it to be longer yeah i know that yeah yeah okay so, just, this, so this is uh, so this is a track called Ruby 81 from uh, the album Skeleton.
Okay, that's Aesop Rock. Who are we listening to next? Oh, now this one is, this one's difficult. Um, this is R.A. the Rugged Man, and I could have picked any of his tunes. So one that I picked because I just think it's a really good example of just how good an MC is. Um, R.A. the Rugged Man's history in hip-hop is ridiculous. He got signed to Jive Records back in 92, um, and he didn't release his first album until 2004 because he was just too insane, too dangerous. You know, I, I mean, he even says himself in a Combat Jack interview that he had mental problems back then. He is... I mean, it's so difficult even to say out loud. There's two MCs that I believe are probably the greatest MCs and to pick between these two guys for me it's too hard because RA is probably at the top better than any I mean I'm saying it right now I know we're only three tracks in but he may be one of the greatest well he may be the greatest MC ever like who wants to battle RA to Rugged Man like you are nuts he's just dropped a new album um, which is called All My Heroes All My Heroes are Dead um, and again incredible but it's the third he, you know a guy got signed in 92 and it's the third album he's ever had out but he's made an incredible amount of money touring touring the world packing out shows selling stuff out the boot of his car you know this is an MC who Biggie Smalls pretty much said he thought was better than him there's a quote from Biggie Smalls back in the day where Biggie Smalls said about R.A. the Rugged Man I thought I was the illest Hoping to get close and approaching, poking, perfect, imposing, potent, poison, the potion, cooking the coke and cutting your throat and opponent, opposing, leaving your floating, or ocean, you was a Leah rocking the boat and leaving your broken, just smoky the second that the you know, which is you know, for Biggie to say that is crazy. And there's also a tune, um, where he raps with Biggie from a, I mean, dude, you gotta look this up, it's called Cunt Renaissance, and it is absolutely ridiculously offensive, but. Um, not to sidetrack too much, many moons ago when me and my lady first started dating, she gave me a little uh, iPod and said, put your put, put music you listen to on this. And uh, so I just stuck it in and stuck it on shuffle. And unfortunately, the first tune that came up was R-Rated Rugged Man and Biggie Smalls' Tunt Renaissance. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, uh, yeah, it was a bit, yeah, you know, it was, it was a, it was a, well, I mean, we're still, you know, we're still good now, like five, six years later. So, you know, so uh, um, we've been to an R-rated rugby, we've been to an R-rated rugby man concert together too. So, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, she she did sort of go like the first tune that came up was, <laughs> and I was just like, oh god, oh my god. But I mean, yeah, dude, R-A is, you know, like. <sighs> you know one of if not the greatest MCs in my humble opinion all right so this track is so the track is um definition of a rap flow from his 2013 album legends never die all right moving on from ra the rugged man who's next Oh, uh, next up is Blackthorpe. 
um, obviously from the legendary roots. Um, there's a few things about Black Thought, <coughs> which, you know, I think, do you know what? Now I've said I think RA is one of the greatest, uh, you know, could be the greatest MC. I don't know, maybe Black Thought could be there with him, man. Like, Black Thought's incredible. Obviously, the roots of the group is absolutely bananas. Um, I actually didn't get into the roots until about a decade ago. And then, like many people, you get into the root, like a band late, and then suddenly you've got everything they ever did, and you're listening to it constantly. And Black Thought's just an MC where I think when I started to look into Black Thought outside of the roots, that's when you really realize just what an incredible MC is. If I mean, there was that one freestyle from years ago, I think me and you talked about it. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm, literally, it. I'm literally just googling it. It was on Hot 97. And it, yeah, yeah, it was on, it was on he just, play. He just kept going. When slippers made a python, get mine quicker because I'm slick as a pipeline. Transporting the oil, tribulation and toil hit the operation, but I'm back in the soil. Got my crown tilted, my gown quilted. Silk with cashmere, burn the room down in a minute. Built it last year, news flash. I dodged a bullet that killed the cashier. My homie told me to come with him to the mass shit. Them brothers said, don't go from written bars filled with rage to prime time television and your guilt. The cage, then forget us people in the world still enslaved. I borrowed, yeah. We talked about it in. I remember this because I was shopping in Watford at the time and we we're on the phone talking to each other about it. It is ridiculous, yeah. If you search it, it's Black Thought Freestyle on Flex, I think it is. And oh my lord, it's 11 minutes long, yeah. I mean, and he just he just flex the reaction at the end is crazy. I mean, this freestyle is so good, people post reaction videos to that freestyle you know like but there is another one there's another freestyle video from maybe a couple of years ago which is black thought with method man on sway show and that again is you're talking two powerhouses of hip-hop right there absolutely just honestly the freestyle you've got method man through the way he he's, he's written a lot of his lyrics but, and he reads them from his phone while Black Thought freestyles, but the way that Method Man raps and the way that he writes, they work perfectly together. You know, I mean, Method Man is, he is the Method Man. You know, like, it's incredible to watch. Both of those freestyles are just mind-blowing. You know, Black Thought is definitely up there. Um, he's got a cut, he had, I think he did an EP last year or the year before, where the first track again is just mind-blowing. Like, I, I mean, it, right now, I think if it was, if Black Thought was around, when Public Enemy was around, he'd be a lot bigger than he is right now. You know, I think he's, he's an amazing MC, super conscious lyrics, um, you know, like, legendary roots group, like, it's not. It's not. All right, so this track is? Uh, so this track is The Rage Is Back. Um, it's a freestyle from 20, 2020, earlier this year. Apparently the trigger man smoke lots of herb And he could bring it to mind Disguised as a word But guarantee that be the last one you ever heard You deaf, dumb, and blind I'm emphasized like I'm underlined My definition is I'm undefined Cause I'm one of a kind At the top of the line At the 
top of the food chain when it comes to the rhyme And I'm cynical, cause I'm at the pinnacle Jokers is ridiculous, they the ones I ridicule If somebody acting like they want it, I'ma get it, dude Have them in the middle of the drama like an interlude Yeah, they weigh a buck ten, so the web fuck them Yo, I don't need new friends, I can't trust them You best keep away okay. like a shirt so... tucked in Falling on the black dot. Who's our next MC? Uh, Method Man. I mean, you know, the link was there. Yeah. One of part of the most legendary hip hop group of all time, the Wu Tang Clan. Again, I got a copy of Thirty Six Chambers from the PX. Again, you know, living. I was living in Germany from the, exactly the same PX. The CD was by the was by the counter and I was like, oh, dad, can you buy me this? You know, dad bought me a copy of 36 Chambers and I remember giving it to a friend of mine who was a hip hop head and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm young, I'm, I'm sort of trying to find my feet listening to a lot of different hip hop and I remember saying to my friend like, dude, I've got this CD by this group called the Wu-Tang and it's crazy, like, I've never heard anything like it before. It's, it's like this amalgamation of all these MCs. It's, you know, like, it's, it's like, herbs and spices all put together and somehow it's the most incredible dish you've ever tasted in your whole life like I mean really I, I don't do you remember buying the Wu-Tang CD no I, I Wu-Tang was something I borrowed off people like oh, do you see that I was assuming that you had it but I, I mean you you know like I like a lot of funk based hip hop yeah yeah, yeah. And a lot of instrumentation um, and I never had like a hip hop freak to bounce off uh, who, who, to be my kind of fountain of knowledge. So my my hip hop taste is like a like snippets of the, the bits that people mm. listen to. So like you know I, I so when I was younger it was uh, Beastie Boys, Della Soul, nice. um, and then when you start getting into skateboarding and snowboarding you maybe you get into some slightly harder stuff and that kind of east coast stuff was maybe a little bit too full on for me then um, but i remember listening to the Wu-Tang records and all the all the kind of skits they would throw in from all the sort of yeah. movies and stuff and i was like what is this and the thing that really sort of surprises me about Wu-Tang is the fact that that's a lot of fucking egos you know mm. To get yeah. into like one group, and I'm, you know, they weren't living in each other's pockets all the time, I'm sure. They all came in and contributed their thing to whatever track. But there's a lot of people who think they're the shit in mm. the same space, you know? But I mean, they also, they also came around at a time in hip hop when, like, the the bands that you mention are a, are a few years later so so it's like well you, you you know what i mean like i mean maybe not de la soul but obviously that's completely different side of hip-hop at the time and i suppose i got into hip-hop through gangster rap yeah um you know uh, and, and i suppose that's why i ended up listening to the wu-tang but it was just one of them albums where i remember you know like i can see it now holding the album in my hand outside the massive naffy on jhq army camp you know, I was wearing orange feeler trainers at the time. 
and I just remember saying to my boy Neil, like, dude, like, this is the real shit. Like, oh my God, you like that time you buy, like, remember when you're a kid and you buy your first setup, or, you, or, or when you're a kid and you get a full setup skateboard, mm-hmm. how amazing that felt. And that's how I remember the Wu-Tang album feeling, you know, like, oh, it was so good. But I mean, you know, either way, Method Man to me, you know, is one of the standout, you know, dudes on the album. Um, you know, there's still a lot. He's, he's, he's one of the main guys that you think of when you think about Wu-Tang. He's one of the first yeah. guys that comes to mind. Um, I mean, obviously, he's like old Dirty Bastard uh, gets a lot of credibility too, but, um, but like, Method Man's like hey, the first Method guy. He had his own theme tune on 36 Chambers. You know, M E T H O D, man. M E T H O D, man. You know, like, so, of course, you know, like, it's crazy. Yeah. But honestly, um, like, he keep, they, I mean, there's so many of them that keep putting products out that's really good. I heard a new Raekwon joint um, today that he did in the Red Bull Studios. It's like a mini three-track EP that was amazing. But Method Man, the most recent one I've got from him is Meth Lab season two. And it's just, yeah, like still, I'm like, wow. You know, hitting rewind on tracks. So I've listened to it 19 times in a row and I'm still like, this is amazing. Right, so this Method Man track is? It's Grand Prix and it's from the Meth Lab season two from 2018. Can get popped, I warned you. Who put the person in persona? Putting hands up on the person, close the curtains on the rama. Pack a llama, catch me lurking, I'm your karma. Sleeping on me, even worse, I get you murked in your pajamas. You can try, but you never understand me. I plan to give it to you raw, get a plan B. Y'all be racing to the cash, that's a grand prix. I go Ricky Bobby for that bag, that's a guarantee. Uh, that's a guarantee. Ricky Bobby for that bag, that's a guarantee. I'm still working on them commas while the system try and curb me. Ain't no mercy from your honor. That's the problem when you come up from the All right. So, after Method Man, who comes next? So, ooh, I mean, like you were saying in the beginning, when you ask people and they're putting 10 tracks together and it's so difficult, um, this guy wasn't on my original 10 that I put together. And then I was like, oh, dude, I can't, I can't miss out mf doom like oh my lord yeah i mean again almost a bit like aesop rock in the sense of i mean those two actually are probably the two that i'd be like they're kind of close but they're not really they're just the you know the lyrical skills of mf doom are ridiculous and I mean, just everything that he does, everything he's built, the face mask, the history. There's an amazing video by Hip Hop DX called The Hypocrisy of the MF Doom Fan. And it is just all about how being an MF Doom fan is so difficult because of all the, you know, like there's all those rumors proven as well of him, people showing up to his shows and pretending to be MF Doom. And MF Doom sent them in there to do a gig for him you know, stick the mask on and mime over the mic. You know, like, and that's true. Like, they're true stories and things that have happened. Like, the dude's been booed off the stage, you know, because people have realized it's not MF Doom. Like, you know, and all the stuff he puts out, like he plays a character, you know, he plays different characters on every album. And I mean, the first, again, like. There's a a sense of humor to his stuff that that, that I really enjoy. 
like it, you actually got me to MF Doom. I got to MF Doom pretty late, really. Um, so you recommended an album, and then I heard Sofa King uh, yeah. on the radio, uh, and I was just like, "This is amazing!" I'm a sucker for like a funky sampled loop, and that 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 violin loop. Uh, and the long draws on the violin that get woven into it, I'm just like, what is this? And then yeah, that was it, that was the album I was listening to for the next two weeks. One guy tried to bite the heat, it's when he discovered the other, other white meat. Oh, the one they hate so well. He sure keeps the cycle like the old Bates Motel. They came to ask him for at least some new tracks, but only got confronted by the beast with two backs. Knock. Yeah, dude, I mean, uh, again, like, I, I like, whilst I was a kid who got into it through gangster rap, I like the big boom bap sound, but I also love people that, again, like, do skits and they use cuts from lots of different things all together, and there's, like, a story or a cartoon, you know, like, it's, you know, and his stuff is so skittish, but he still paints pictures about you know uh, you know like you listen to any mf doom tune yeah like it's just he's so good he's he's this sort of rapper like aesop rock that i listen to and there'll be things he says that i have to write down to look up later <laughs> you know like that sort of shit like that is the that is the dude and i love that though but i mean i love that it's, you know it's great so this mm. track is uh, so this is all caps from Mad Villainy. They know not to flows of hot molasses. Do it like the robot to headspin to boogaloo. Took a few minutes to convince the average boogaloo. It's ugly, like look at you, it's a damn shame. Just remember all caps when you spell the man name. Second mention for a Weirtang Clan member. Uh, the next is basically Zar, is the group Zarface, um, and I suppose really what I should do is give props to the Seven L and Esoteric, which are a, a couple of underground rappers that hooked up with Inspector Deck from the Wu Tang, um, and basically uh, he does like all their production and. Zarface, I didn't get into, I got into off the back of being into MF Doom and I only got into Zarface maybe in the last five years and they're very MF Doomy in regards to the stories that they weave and, and what they've built but they must put out an album every year. It's always a really high standard. They've built these characters around it. They've got comic books that get released at the same time. You know, like they do everything that's on beautiful vinyl. It, they are just, it is honestly, it was it was weird because it was one of the things where you listen to it and you go, why have I never heard of Zarface before? How is it that these guys are so good? And I think what got me into it was there's an MF Doom, MF Doom album or a Zarface album with MF Doom. So right. it's literally the whole album is MF Doom and Zarface, and that's how I got into them. And just again, what we were saying earlier, lots of different cuts, lots of different skits, you know, amazing production from you know inspector deck it's just amazing so i mean they're honestly there isn't one zarface album i don't like it's all good all right so this is uh so this is bizarro from the old czar against us from 2013. yeah but the odds are against you. Uh -huh. 
Stream your team on the wide screen as I beat them clean. Despite being obscene, like a pipe dream and crack kids hygiene. Rhymes eat your soul, put you in a sleeper hole. Good night, Irene, like Adrian Adonis. I'm crazier than Xavier on the Sonics. You move the crowd, I hit stadiums for comments. And make the haters vomit as I read a cable comic. This is food for thought, better put a label on it. This is what happens when the shit is fresh, you know what I mean? It's like wild court. Alright, it was only a matter of time until a gangster rap guy got onto this list. So who's mm. next? Well, he's not really a gangster rap guy, but I did slip in a gangster rap guy with this guy on purpose. That's my um, mistake, actually. I'm looking, at the, I'm looking at the artist on the track list, but it's actually yeah. no features. So actually, yeah, it is Chuck D, um, but I specifically chose a tune from Ice Cube's album, America's Most Wanted from like 1990, I think it was, or America Cuckoo's Most Wanted. Um, I was Obviously, I was a gangster rap kid, so I listened to a lot of Ice-T, Ice Cube, um, and then it was this track that got me into Public Enemy, um, and obviously public enemy like let's let's not be nuts about it public enemy was huge i mean they were you know they are massive like everybody flavor flav chuck d but the actual track itself chuck d goes super hard on this i mean this is like ice cube in 1990 he's at his angriest it's the the sort of nwa strat compton days he's super mad and then chuck d who is like and again, another educator, well known for for really bringing conscious hip hop. You know, I mean, when conscious hip hop was at peak, Public Enemy were right. You know, they were the they were the kings of it. And on this track, you know, Chuck D only gets one verse. I think Ice Cube gets like three. Chuck comes in with that last verse, and he's just so angry. But it's such classic Chuck D flow, where it kind of fits, and then he goes completely off beat. And there's some, you know, like, and then there's some later, I realized some like PE references in there. Yeah, like, I mean, Chuck D, again, somebody that I feel doesn't get as enough props as he does deserve. Um, you know, I know he does get a lot of props, but he doesn't get enough. You know, he again, like Keras One, I think he has like a level that is like Chuck D. Yeah, I think like, hip -hop level. the people who know give credit where credit's due. But no. I think, and speaking as a guy who's approaching 40, there is the youth of today, <laughs> the youth of today don't understand yeah. The, yeah. The, the roads that were paved for yeah. their version of hip hop to exist today. Yeah, and yeah. there's a lot of modern hip hop that I just, I don't, I just can't get on with. Which is cool, which is totally fine to, because it's just not for you or it's not for me. Like, yeah, exactly. It's, it's for yeah. them. But, yeah. but like, I think it's those guys who are into contemporary hip hop now who haven't been listening to it for, for, for that length of time. Who might, they don't think to go far back to mm. see where the origins are. Maybe when they get older, they will start to look back and you watch documentaries like um, The Defiant Ones and the mm. LA original one that just came out on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, maybe when people start consuming that kind of content, that's the sort of thing that points someone backwards to look at the stuff that came before. And I think that's one reason, because he's, he's just not as uh, prevalent now, you know? Yeah, 
But I think, I think, dude, when you say people like paving the roads of hip hop, when the, the roads to get where we are right now were paved, Chuck D was wearing a high-vis vest, holding a clipboard, telling motherfuckers where to lay the tarmac. <laughs> that's, that's the cultural impact of Chuck D. So this track is? Uh, so this track is uh, Endangered Species um, from Ice Cube, America's Most Wanted. Standing in the middle of war every minute we flex. When we die, we won't make shit. Ebony can't see to the light side. The term they apply to us is a nigger. Call it what you want because I'm coming from the corner. Same applies with a PhD who's black, don't want to roll. Sells his soul. Watch his head go rolling. Who the fuck is they fooling? Nobody knows, but I suppose the color of my clothes meant the color of the one on my all right, so following on from Chuck B, who is the next MC? Um, ooh, the next MC is J. Cole. Now, I did not get into J. Cole. I knew who J. Cole was. I never listened to any of his tunes until Middle Child came out, which is last year. Um, and everybody was going on online in the hip hop forums and on various different places like, oh my God, have you heard J. Cole's Middle Child? And a single, and I was like, nah, don't listen to J. Cole, man. Like, and it wasn't anything, it was just, I just never listened to the guy. Like, and then I listened to it and I was like, oh, shit, what have I been missing out on? And then I went back and I listened to his KOD project from 2018. I listened to the Revenge of the Dreamers 3 project from 2019. And I realized I'd been missing out, you know? And there's plenty of MCs I've missed out and I can list many that I've got into and I'm like, wow, but J. Cole, holy shit. Like the dudes, I think what I like about him so much is he's also one of them guys who wants to be left alone so he'll come out he'll kill it and then he'll go and ride his bike around new york and he doesn't give a shit about you know like being famous and all the bullshit that comes you know with a lot of hip hoppers trying to wear bling and fake teeth or whatever and you know like he's out riding his bike in new york you know but he's one of the greatest mcs you know like he really is one of the greatest new mcs or of a later generation MC and then, then there was the tune he did with 21 Savage that a lot of people know. Uh, you know, 21 Savage, like, you know, whatever. I mean, he's not, you know, he's on this, he's only appearing in this list because J. Cole's on one of his tunes, you know? Like, but that tune, J. Cole's verse is incredible. Like, oh my, oh my Lord. And then of course, as well, that got released last year is Gangstar's last album, which was incredible. Um, and he has a tune on that, which is called Family and Loyalty. Um, and he's the featured artist on that tune, which was actually the first tune they released from the album. And wow, again, like just respectful, lyrical, you know, like he's on a Gangstar album, dude, you know, like, but he is honestly, J. Cole, yeah, just one of those dudes I listened to and I was like, oh, I've definitely been sleeping on this guy. All right, so this track is? Um, so it's J. Cole and it's called Middle Child. It was released as a single. I'm glad that you came. I hope that you scrape every dollar you came. I hope you know money won't erase the pain. To the OGs, I'm thanking you now. I was watching you when you was paving the ground. I copied your cadence, I mirrored your style. I studied the greats, I'm the greatest right now. If you feel me, you ain't got a choice. I ain't do no promo, still made all that noise. This year gonna be different, I set my intentions. I promise to slap all that hate out your voice. 
Go count me out. I'm counting my bullets. I'm loading my clips. I'm writing down names. I'm making a list. I'm checking it twice and I'm getting them hit. The real ones been dying. The fake ones is lit. The game is off balance. I'm back on my sh The Bentley is dirty. My sneakers is dirty. But that's how I like it. You all on my dick. Alright. So, man, like this is flown by. We're already on your last track. Um, I feel like I've just waffled loads as well. So, sorry. No, but it's good though. Like, you know, it's 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 easy to talk to someone that you already know. And yeah. We, we haven't actually been in the same room as each other for three months at this point. Um, Not clothed anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, but so yeah, it's just it's it's nice to catch up, and you're one of those people that I could talk music with all day. You know, and there, there have been days in the office we work together. In case anyone mm, yeah, yeah. Um, like there have been days in the office when you know. Nothing's going on and no one else is around, and we will happily just shoot the shit about, you know, music. You tell me about your poetry and stuff, and, and it's just insert, yeah. Insert you. You're telling me about your comedy. No, I don't. I never. I just, it's, it's, it's not really my thing. <laughs> talk about myself. He's <laughs> lying, people. Piece of shit. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Plus, you, you're a good vinyl head too, so. You know, I definitely stream most of my music now, but whenever something really good comes out, I'll buy the album. Like, I've got already Rugged Man's album on order. You know, I've been obviously streaming it, you know, got Ghost Poet's album on order on vinyl and stuff like that. So. Yeah, like, I'd, I'd never heard Ghost Poet until you told me about him on your mm. your last episode that we did. Well, um, he's, just, he's just dropped a new album too. Not that he's part of this, but he's just dropped a new album too. Um, and it's really good. I gave it my first listen. I was like, I'm not sure about this, but when I was in the right mood, yeah, I listened to his new stuff. And he's an artist that's changed every album. Yeah, and, and like, absolutely. And like what you were saying about like vinyl, like I got into vinyl real late, um, and one of the reasons I've done it is because it makes you listen to an album beginning to end. Mm. Like, yeah, you've got yeah. to be quite precise to, to skip a track on a record, so just let it yeah. play. And so, like, I've rebought a lot of stuff from my youth, and, and a lot of it's been pretty mellow because it's like stuff that I want to listen to, like, on a Sunday, you know? Mm. Um, but I think that I could, since, I, since I relaunched mixtapes, I think there's going to be a fair few purchases of new things to listen to. But who's your last track by? Oh. And this kind of feels a bit like 10 years ago when people were like, who's your favorite skateboarder? And if you said Tiny Hawk, people would be like, shut up, bruh. Um, my final track is by Eminem. Um, and that is because he is love it or hate it. Um, and there's so much debate about it. He's one of, if not, the greatest hip-hop MC alive or to have lived. I mean, you look at his album sales, you look at how, you know, his cultural impact, um, you know, however you want to look at it as a white dude, um, you know, like some people go, well, he had it easier because he was a white dude. 
um, you know, I, you know, it's Eminem, like Stan, for instance, the tune Stan, the one we all know, you know, with Dido singing in it. The tune Stan is a near perfect, if not perfect tune. Like, you know what, like I, you know, I'll, 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 I'll sort of rebut that maybe he had it easy because he was a white guy because like he came up in a really impoverished city and it's not easy for a white guy to break in and get legitimacy mm. in a sort of music genre that is dominated by black men. Yeah, no, 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 totally. And I do, I do feel you. I'm just like some of the arguments that come on it is like, oh, you know, it's got like privilege or whatever. But you're right, came from a shitty background. And there was a moment in hip hop where I remember being uh, an 11, 12, 13 year old kid into hip hop in Cumbria when nobody listened to hip hop because nobody really was into hip hop. Like as in I say that where I where I was from in Cumbria, I went to school in Cumbria because my parents were army and I lived on an army camp in Germany. But it was like hip hop really didn't land massive even with the kids at my school till like 96, 97. So when I was really little people were like why do you listen to all this black music you know like it was crazy like my you know i had a horrific horrible nickname at school I was, they used to call me wigger because i listened to hip-hop which i know is like i mean yeah dude i hated it it was an awful name but you know the kids who used to beat me up because i was a 12 year old who wore my cap backwards and listened to hip-hop by the time 96 came around were the same kids wearing baggy jeans and their cap backwards because they suddenly now listen to hip-hop you know like it was, you know, it was that sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean, when M came in, I did kind of, as a kid, you know, I loved House of Pain. You know, there's there's actually been loads of, like, I mean, Everlast from House of Pain was part of Ice-T's rhyme syndicate. But when, when Eminem came in the game and did what he did, you know, at the backing of you know, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, all those people, it was like something that, you know, it was different. Like it was different. His stuff felt different. You know, his stuff was crazy at the beginning. You remember all that My Name Is, yeah. you know, like that first album, you know, and then of course Stan, um, you know, like all that stuff is, you know, and then of course, like this really, you know, these 10, this 10 tracks is about lyrical, like lyricism, you know, like it's about lyricists, like real MCs and who wants to battle Eminem? Like, I mean, I know Machine Gun Kelly tried. Like, yeah, yeah. fuck off. That was embarrassing. You got, it was done. Like, you're over. Like, stop kidding yourself. Like, his next album sold like nothing. You know, but it's like, nobody wants to fuck with them. You can Google a million rappers that will tell you the same. There's a famous one where the game says in an interview, like, don't fuck with the white boy. Question, game, what do you think of recovery? Classic. I love it. Yeah. M's back? I mean, Eminem is Eminem. He's if you notice in hip hop, Eminem is the only rapper that that nobody ever wants a problem with, including myself, man. Eminem is like the most lyrically insane. Even when I was going at fifty, and you know, and you know, me and Dre wasn't seeing eye to eye, man. I stayed away from the white dude, you know, because he a problem. You know what I'm saying? I understand it. You know what I'm saying? Like Eminem, I, I don't think it's a rapper he won't slay, and you don't even want a war with Eminem. You know, he crazy. He was talking about he how he was gonna pick fights. If he were to come at you yeah. with like a, a, a industry beef, what would you have done? Run. Yeah, Eminem is you don't want you don't understand. I'm I'm a, I'm de- I'm a hip hop artist and I'm one of the biggest ones in the world. You don't want a beef with Eminem. He sh- he shreds, he shreds MCs like for real. 
and I ain't his best friend or nothing. I'm just saying I understand that he, you know, he can't be seen by nobody. Jay, no, everybody, no. You don't, you don't mess with the white boy. You know, because nobody wants to mess with Eminem, because they know that lyrically, you know, like the, you know, he can, you know, th there's that tune on that album Kamikaze where he's basically just taking the piss out of all the other style of rappers that take the piss out of him, and it was almost so good people didn't get it. You know, they were like, what is he doing? But it, he was rapping in the styles of all the rappers that have dissed him. And yeah. just, I mean, really just rinsing, you know, like he does, he does rhyme sequences where he's rhyming every other word. Yeah. Like who, who does that dude? Like who does that? You know, like he'll do, you know, he'll change it up, you know, mid flow, like he's ridiculous. And the amount of respect that he's got in hip hop, you know, like, I mean, this is why for me, when you when I look at the top ten MCs, I'm like, oh my god, you know, like RAs. And, I mean, I, honestly, the battle I would love to see is RA the Rugged Man versus Eminem, for, but but in a sort of freestyle battle, you know, like type scenario. But I, I almost feel like it would have to be like I don't want them to to fight. I want them to respectfully duel. Yeah. You know, yeah, let's yeah. go play, sir. Let's do this because I think that would be mind blowing. Like, you know, maybe top, you know, like maybe when I think about it, like M, Black Four, RA, and Method Man, just four of them, like a minute each, dueling just forever. Like, it would be an insane thing to see because I think, yeah, I mean, but M, you know. Yeah, I mean, the dude's, I mean, it's Eminem, man. Like, he's the greatest, but it's also what he's done for hip-hop and the people that he's brought up. Like, the track I picked, he's rapping with Joyner Lucas, and Joyner Lucas could have been on this list. Like, another song that I remember me and you talking about was uh, Joyner Lucas's I'm Not Racist. Yeah. Now, you remember seeing that for the first time. Yeah, I've mean, just been like, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. That's like, mind-blowing shit. But, and, and like, the, when you listen to it and the way both sides are argued, like, there are points when neither side is wrong. And because you can't pick a side, yeah, and you keep going, oh, that's that's a good point on, you know, and you're, and you're looking at the person that you, ordinarily, you would not identify with or agree with and go, oh, he's not, Wrong and like and that it puts you in this position of going, I I can't pick a side. I'm like, turn it off. <laughs> but but like it, you just kept thinking about it, you know. Yeah, it was insane, wasn't it? Like it was like, you know, there's reaction videos again online. If you'd never seen that video before and you didn't have any idea what you were watching, and then you watch that video, you're like, what the, you know? And I suppose and that's that's the level of MC M is bringing up. And it's like, you know, like, wow, you know? So I think it, you almost, it's almost one of the things that you don't want to say it, but I mean, you've got to say M's up there with the greatest. And I think I, I, um, I listened to Charlemagne the God on the breakfast show, um, hip hop breakfast show, and that's incredible. And he, he says that M isn't the greatest because he's never had the party club hits that other rappers have had. Like he has no, that, you know, what Eminem tune would people put on and then you would, you would flow, you know, like you would like bounce to, you know, like he's not got any of that. But at the same time, what you were saying earlier is like about KRS or, or Chuck D, 
they have, you know, like KRS is still KRS. Like KRS is still doing what KRS has always done and you have to respect that. And I feel that with Eminem, like maybe the first album where it was a bit more almost, not jokey, but yeah, it was a bit more like, it seemed a bit more crazy and scatty. But from then on, M has been M. Like, there is no stopping him. And that Kamikaze album that dropped, oof, dude, like, so good. Like, I mean, I know a lot of people, you know, came out of nowhere, he destroyed everybody, left the building in flames. Like, wow. So this is? So this track is Eminem. Lucky you featuring Joyner Lucas. My stomach should be full. I just say, lick the plate, my buffet. Lucky me, fuck you, dick. I got a couple of mentions. Still, I don't have any manners. You got a couple of ghostwriters, but to these kids, it don't actually matter. They're asking me what the fuck happened to hip hop. I said, I don't have any answers. Cause I took a nap when I dropped my last album. It hurt me like hell, but I'm back on these rappers. And actually, coming from humble beginnings, I'm somewhat uncomfortable winning. I wish I could say what a wonderful feeling. We're on the upswing like we're punching the ceiling, but nothing is feeling like anyone has any fucking ability to even stick to a subject. It's killing me. The inability to pin humility. We make a bunch of fucking songs about nothing and mumble and bucket. I'm going for the juggle. All right, well, look. Uh, this has been loads of fun. I think, I think we should maybe figure out another theme and do another one of these six months down the line. Mate, I, you know, I'm always down. I'm well up for it. I'm well, we'll have to do one where it's like uh, we could maybe do a, a duel. So, like, I'll, you know, we'll pick a theme and then we'll both pick 10 records that we can, like, I'll have one and then you have one and we can duel it like that, you know, like a fight. That could be thing. cool. Be I, wonder if we, I wonder if we could do like an Instagram live thing and have people like uh, vote like live to see who wins. Oh yeah, dude, that'd be, yeah, that'd be sick. But yeah, yeah, something like that, dude. I'm always down, like I love, yeah, I mean, hip-hop's just one of them things, like I love hip-hop, so, you know, yeah. Cool. All right, so um, where can people find you if they want to check out your stuff, man? Um, so the best place to find stuff about me is I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram's probably the best, but I'm on Instagram and Twitter, and it is at Matt Lloyd Poet, and that's Matt with one T, Matt Lloyd Poet. Um, you can also find out uh, stuff from me, mattlloyd.com. Again, Matt with one T. And also, if you want to buy my books, they're available at all good bookstores or Amazon Worldwide. So just search my name. And um, my latest book, Short Poems, came out uh, this year. Um, and also check out the Skateboarder and Podcast. So obviously there's Facebook and all that sort of guff, but also we've got a new Instagram, which is at Skateboarder and, and that's just a weekly podcast talking to skateboarders who are skateboarders and something else and just trying to spread a bit of love and positivity uh, in the world since like 2015 I think I did my first episode um, so, so yeah it's yeah I mean cool you know if you like it check it out thanks for coming on man no man thanks like it's been it's been sick like and like yeah like you're saying like yeah not seen each other for weeks yeah and it is yeah it's nice to communicate with people you know so you're, what you're saying is you miss me yeah basically basically yeah I wish you'd put some clothes on though I mean it's just getting Uh, are we doing? You all right? Yes, I'm good. Thank you very much. I love the way of pretending that we haven't just been talking for five minutes. Yeah, we've, okay, we've, got to, cool. we've got to seamlessly fade this into the podcast, Matthew. That's what we've got to do. Seamless. Seamless. Um, so, 
there was no there was no sort of hard date booked in to release your second episode and you're the first return you're the first person that's come back for a second episode um oh i made it for three <laughs> like the tr- and then it's done nice shut it down um but we we we've sort of pulled it forward as it were because you've got a release coming out so why don't you tell people what's what's going on yes so um uh, basically was released today um is a zine that i put together called first drafts and photographs and for me it's a first because the last few um zines that i've put out for want of a better phrase um have been uh, poetry books pretending to be zines um, which has been great because they all sold really well and I had a really good time whereas uh, and then now they're books that sit on Amazon forever which is nice because then they do all the heavy lifting for me whereas this is actually a zine zine so it is it's um, so photographs I don't I'm showing you on camera not that anybody else is going to see it but it's basically a collection of work that I've that is, is exactly that it's first drafts and photographs so some of it is first drafts of poems that have ended up in um like uh, magazines so there's a poem in here called polaroids which um, i wrote for a, a small magazine called two set mag which is a sort of skateboard creators magazine um there is artwork in here like pictures of artwork that i created for different shows for people um uh, yeah i mean there's just it is just it's almost like that thing where <clears throat> i think i've forgotten more than i remember so putting something out like this reminds me that actually you've done some cool shit in the last couple of years um and i think uh, you know there's there's some stuff in there that i did um there's some stuff in there that i did for a zine that was raising money for papyrus uh, which is a charity that raises money um, to you know, basically to sort of fight against youth suicide. Um, you know, so there's artwork in there that I created for for that zine that was there to raise money for it. There's artwork in there that I created for the Pioneer zine that was raising money for the Pioneer. There's just stuff that I've done, taken pictures of, you know, it's been out there in the ether online or whatever and stuff like that. So yeah but it is it is unlike the previous ones which were poetry books pretending to be zines this is actually a zine uh but i suppose it is kind of poetry and spoken word because of course that's what i do um but it's just it's one of them things i think the lockdown i find i found quite difficult in regards to being creative um you know i was doing online gigs for people and stuff like that but not being out there and talking to people kind of killed the the sort of the juices but luckily friends of mine were you know like there were you know different people i know were doing different projects and asked me to get on board and that kind of spurred me on to create this scene first drafts and photographs so hopefully other people you know get a copy of it five english each one comes with an art print that is numbered uh, there's only a hundred available of the art print each one's numbered and signed um, of the piece that I did for um, a, an exhibition online. Um, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully people get a bit of inspiration from it, you know, that sort of stuff, because I was inspired by the stuff other people were doing, and hopefully I can do the same. Amazing. Okay, so w- w- where's the best place to find first drafts and photographs? 
Oh, so right now, the best place to find a copy of First Drafts and Photographs is through my Instagram, which is at Matt Lloyd Poet, M-A-T-L-L-O-Y-D-P-O-E-T. That's Matt with one T. Um, or Twitter, because that's exactly the same. And there's a link on those profiles that you can click to, to basically take you to like my online shop. Um, and you can buy yourself a copy. It's only five English and it is beautiful. Unfortunately, you haven't received yours yet um, because I put everybody's pre-orders in the post today. In fact, you haven't ordered it yet, you prick. Uh, (laughs) I'm joking, I'm joking. But basically, all the pre-orders went out today um, because I kind of put it up um, Monday last week for pre-order. Well, I think, I can't even remember myself. But um, so all the pre-orders went out today. So hopefully we'll be landing with people by Monday next week because I sent out second class because I'm a cheap ass. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so hopefully people are going to see it and um, yeah, just yeah, you know, enjoy it and kind of be inspired by it. I suppose. Well, you know what I mean. It's been I've done a lot of stuff for people. Like for example, recording a podcast with you uh, for this podcast that people are listening to. You know, just seeing people's hustles. I bought a load of zines under lockdown too. Like, um, I bought Foz's zine, who is the artist for heroin skateboards, and his zine was amazing. Like, there's just so much stuff going on going on out there, and it's kind of just trying to, you know, keep the creative juices flowing. So, yeah, and also the zine comes with. I've got to get get mentioned in. I contact a lot of my friends who do awesome stuff like yourself, and I said. Um, I'm going to put it in a baggie. It's going to come with this. Let's get something in there. So it comes with uh, awesome mixtape with Mike uh, stickers. It comes with stickers from the Lariat Skate Shop in St. Albans. It comes with stickers from uh, one of my friends who's a comic uh, maker, a maker, creator. Um, Stickers from a filmmaker friend of mine who does documentaries about skateboarders. I'm trying to think if I've missed anybody out who's giving me stickers at the moment. Um, I don't know if I have, I'm sorry, but you know, so it kind of feels, it feels like a proper skateboard zine, I suppose. All right. Well, why don't you send me a list of links to all the people who've donated sort of freebies to go with the, the mail out of the zine cool. and we'll put those in the show notes of the episode as well. Yeah. That'd be amazing, dude. That'd be sick. Okay, well, look, yeah, thank you. It's all good people doing good stuff. Well, thank you very much for calling back in so we can round off the episode. Uh, I'll uh, I'll I'll make sure that we get people to share the fuck out of it, and hopefully you you get a lot more people participating. Mate, I'd be stoked. It'd be it'd be rad. I mean, even if you know people just check you know the podcast out, check the work that we do. You know, I'm using the raw we, like you know you and I, or or people that are involved. Then that's a great thing, you know. Cool. All right. Well, look. Take care, man. Nice one, dude. So, that concludes this week's episode. We've deliberately kept the music played below the conversation because we believe that all musicians should be paid something for what they do. So if you'd like to listen to the mixtape in full, you can find it on Apple Music or Spotify by clicking the links in the show notes of this episode. Or you can find and follow the Facebook page Mixtapes with Mike and I'll share those links on the post that announces this episode. If you've enjoyed the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would share it on your social media with anyone you think would enjoy it. 
It would mean even more if you would leave us a positive review on iTunes as that will help us reach a larger audience. But in the meantime, I'll see you next week for another episode of Mixtapes with Mike. I have a confession to make! It's a confession. I, Matt Lloyd, do not have a big dick. (laughs) But neither do I have a small dick either. I have the Goldilocks and Three Bears equivalent of Baby Bear's porridge dick. <laughs> no, it's not too hot and it's not too sweet. I mean, it's not too short and it's not too long. It's just average. <laughs> neither is it an ugly dick, don't get me wrong, it's no Brad Pitt. But neither is it the hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> Let me explain. It's a, it's a proud member of my team. Yeah! <laughs> Which is why I don't mind it being seen from time to time, you know? If you get a flash when I'm taking a slash or I'm drunk at a party and I'm naked in the bath, I am fine. You should call me a cab, but I am definitely fine. There are many advantages to having an average-sized dick. For example, a girl will never recoil in horror at the size of the snub-nosed revolver you pulled out before. And neither will she guess. <laughs> at my average size dick and say, I'm sorry, Matt, it's too fat or too thick. Now, would I have a larger dick? Of course. But only for a day so I could cement my legs and get out going, But then I'd go back to my average sized appendage. And of course, I'd apologise to everyone I'd offended, but by then, my legend would be cemented. (laughs) There are disadvantages, of course, to having a larger dick when you're chilling with your girlfriend and her parents watching a movie and the on-screen antics get fruity, the awkward boner. The awkward boner that now requires the waistband tuck. (laughs) (laughs) To go unnoticed, it's a little skill and a little bit of luck. But then again, a small dick on a big dude. (laughs) 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 Would look weird, especially if it's really cold, it would look like it. (laughs) My final example, are those drunken words. <laughs> Something which a massive dick she surely wouldn't be able, right? <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say I guess what I'm trying to say is be average. Be average and proud because some of us we are not big, but we are not small. We are medium endowed. Woo! <laughs>